Hello everybody, this is going to be a bit of a shorter episode and just me this time. I guess I want to let everybody know how things have been going with my startup paces. Just to kind of fill you in on how things are going to go with the podcast for the next few weeks, we're going to have a couple changes and then we'll be back to normal starting in October. First of all, in terms of paces, so we've been going through what's called Y Combinator for the last couple of months. Started beginning of June, ends in the next couple of days, around the time you're going to hear this podcast, with something called Demo Day. And so for those who aren't aware, Y Combinator is this program, one of the first accelerators for startups, and has pretty great reputation for being the startup accelerator, which Airbnb and Dropbox and Stripe and companies of that ilk came out of. Now, there's not a ton of climate companies that have come through YC. That seemed to have changed a couple of years ago, although the current batch doesn't have that many at all. But I'd long wanted to get into YC, and I'd actually tried with four previous ideas to get into YC and applied. Uh, I was never even able to get an interview. Whereas this time, we not only got an interview, but we also got in. And having gone through YC, I think that there are certain things that people should know. Overall, the experience has been absolutely amazing. Very, very happy we did it. I would say, though, that it's definitely more valuable to people earlier in their career or people who have less experience starting or working at early stage startups. You know, I'm 38 this week. And so I've made a lot of mistakes. I've been involved in a lot of failed efforts. And a lot of the lessons that YC gives on a very frequent basis are the kind of things that you learn after making a lot of mistakes. And so what they're trying to do is have you as an early stage founder not make those mistakes or make them faster so that you can learn from them and move on to the next thing. So for me, if I had done YC in my 20s, I think it would have been even more profoundly positive than what it is now that a lot of the kind of advice is something that I kind of figured out after making all the mistakes myself. Now, having said that, I think that the number one thing that's great about YC, and I've said to everybody who's asked me about it, is the absolute obsession with getting to revenue interaction. There's a lot of Silicon Valley type startup perception where everybody just talks about their valuation or the number of employees that they have. And those are not unimportant things, but really those are, should just be proxies for, is your company solving the problem enough to make reasonable revenue and ideally exploding revenue? where you're just dramatically going up in terms of the amount of money you're making. And that is YC's focus. They're, they make you really think through what it means to have a company. And a company solves a problem and makes money doing so. And so we got everybody at YC has a this kind of smaller group because there's over 100 companies in it. I think it's close to 200 in our batch, but there was closer to 400 in the previous batch. So you know, we're slightly smaller than previous batches, but still larger than maybe what YC was five years ago. And we're in a, with a group of about 10 companies. And every week or every two weeks, we have to talk about how we've done from mostly from a revenue point of view, and then explain how we're going to hit specific targets in the next two weeks. And the YC partners who you're assigned to, they never tell you what to do, but they say, hey, could you be more ambitious? Or is it reasonable you'll get to that point? Why not go even further? And those are ways of just adding a bit of competition and adding a bit of, I guess, friendly pressure to you know, really excel. Because the big thing with YC is it's only three months. And really, it's like 
can you get to a fast iterative cycle so that you're building, launching, getting revenue or getting feedback to direct you towards revenue as quickly as possible? So all that part has been great. We started off during COVID. There was no in-person YC whatsoever. Previous to that, YC had always been in San Francisco, so people would fly there for a few months. This time, it's a bit of a hybrid, so it started off somewhat in person with this retreat in San Francisco, and then some major cities like New York, where we're based, have regular meetups. So it's good to kind of chat to other YC partners or founders even that are in your space. One big thing I've noticed is that a lot of the startups in YC pivot quite a bit. And so a pivot is you are working on an idea and you can either do a hard pivot where you just start working on something completely different, or you can do what's called a soft pivot where, you know, you're basically working on in the similar space, or you're taking a different approach to a similar problem. It's very surprising to me the number of hard pivots I see. And so far, because a lot of the people doing the hard pivot are honestly doing them fairly late into the program, it's very hard to know whether they'll be successful or not. In our case, we definitely did not do any sort of hard or even much of a soft pivot. We did slightly change the direction of our product development, though. And by doing so, we actually went from having lots of trials and nobody willing to become a paying customer to our first three paying customers. And we did this by basically changing whether we were a map-forward interface to something a little bit different. And by going to this slightly different approach, yeah, we the first three companies that trialed that new approach all closed as customers, and now we're working through trials with another half dozen. And so it's it's been really, really exciting to kind of see after a lot of building for a few months, uh, actual paying customers, getting that real feedback from somebody who's willing to give you hard-earned money. And we're also not a super cheap $20 a month product. You know, we are a four-figure a month product. And so having people willing to put over their you know, hard-earned money, uh, their company money is incredibly validating. And so, yeah, so the other big thing for us is that we're trying to show that our approach will not just support solar developers when they're trying to find the best places to build projects, but will support any sort of green infrastructure developer, whether that's utility scale storage, wind, electric vehicle charging stations, all the way through to things that are more climate neutral, but let's say a renewable energy-based carbon neutral data center. And so we have multiple verticals now trialing. And the big thing for us is kind of working through those trials, making sure the product is as good for those other verticals as it is for those initial solar customers, and really showing that our approach makes sense. And it may not, right? You know, one of the benefits of being small and nimble is that you're learning from the market. And so we have a hypothesis about what the market needs, and we'll see if it works. And we should know pretty quickly because we're moving very, very fast. One big thing in terms of how fast we've been able to move is that Throughout YC, the only two full-time people are my co-founder Charles and I. You'll have heard Charles on a previous episode a couple of weeks ago, or a couple months ago. And basically, we are moving very fast. And so we do our growth meeting on a Monday, which I lead, and it's just the two of us. And then we do a product meeting on a Tuesday morning, which he leads, and it's just the two of us. And in the growth meeting, we're like, okay, you know, we're going to add this amount of revenue in the next week right? Not month or quarter, but like week. And to do that, we need this many demos. We need this many trial starts. We need this many trial closes. And then on the product meeting, the following day, we're basically ideating and saying, okay, 
what are the things that we would need to do from a product point of view to close existing trials or to attract more uh, people trialing. And so one really good example is there might be a feature that a customer will be willing to sign a contract if that feature is in the product. And so two of our first three customers, we basically have contracts that structure and say, hey, if you sign today, we commit that the product you need or the extra data that you need will be in product within, let's say, two weeks. Otherwise, you get out of the contract. And a lot of our product development is based around commitments that the customer has made to us from a revenue point of view, and then commitments that we make back to the customer in terms of shipping product that uh, meets their need. And so this has worked really, really well for us. We have hit the point where things are not super scalable. We have some great interns helping, uh, paid interns, of course, the startup show is paid interns, um, helping with things around data collection, as well as a little bit of sales research. Uh, and then we also have a couple of uh, contractor software engineers helping Charles with some aspects of data integration. Well, we definitely hit the point where we are really struggling to keep up with interest with just two full-time people. And so now we are heads down uh, hiring. We're hiring our first two full-time people. One is a data engineer and one is a software engineer. Those would both be founding engineers with appropriate compensation from an equity and salary point of view. And so if anybody's listening to this and knows anybody who are a software or data engineer who would love to be the founding on the founding team of a company really working hard on climate change like Paces, please reach out. I'm going to include my email address on the show notes of this particular podcast. We'd love to chat to people. We're really, really pushing to have those hires done in the next month or so. And we have a very, very high bar in terms of the, the kind of level of talent and cultural fit. But it's also very, very important to us that people bring their true and full selves to the office and so on, because we have our own blind spots. And we're definitely trying to build a company that has a huge amount of diversity throughout it. The other thing, I guess, is I kind of touch upon it a little bit, but on the product side, you know, one of the things we really realized, and we, we knew this kind of going in and starting paces, but the importance of data. And so as part of the Inflation Reduction Act, there are concepts like things called energy communities, where identifying places where energy communities exist as per the text of the bill has now become very, very valuable to the types of customers that we talk to. And so we are rapidly integrating that data. Probably it'll be ready in the product by the time this podcast comes out. And not just this, but other data sets that are very, very important. Things that are related to the grid, like interconnection data things that are related to zoning that we've been collecting for a few months, but we need to do an even greater job to have a world-class data set in that front. So for us, data collection being just the best source of data to identify the best place to build projects is absolutely our, our real focus over the next few months. We continue to build out the software and the interface and improve on that. But basically, if we have the best data, we feel like we'll have amazing service and product for the customers that we try to serve. And that builds us also a competitive moat over time. The other thing I want to talk about is raising capital. So we had raised, uh, as people probably heard, we'd raised um, seven figures of funding as part of our pre-seed in April of 2022. So four or five months ago. That was the first time I'd ever raised money myself. I've written a pretty lengthy article on my own blog about that process. It's a massive numbers to game, talk to, you know, reach out to hundreds and hundreds of people to get 60, 70 meetings and to close 10 or 12 investors. And 
I would say we probably had a pretty easy time of it relative to a lot of folks who try for a very long time and certainly a way easier time than uh, I'd experienced as part of other founding teams raising money, even though I wasn't the one directly doing the raising. I'd probably been part of teams that had struggled to get anywhere as close to what we ended up doing. And I put that down to a couple of factors. First of all, I think we have a really, really strong team on the technical side through my co-founder, Charles, former AI guy out of Facebook. But also, I think we really identified the problem and have a kind of a wedge into something that's going to be a very, very large industry in the next few years. And I think that if I had one bit of advice, and actually give this advice to a few friends and, and even family members in my close circle about what type of startup to build, it's try to find a market that is just starting to explode and just like try to grab a hold of the, that market. It's so much easier than trying to summon a market out of nowhere or to you know try to build something in a market that's static or shrinking. Like for us, even if we had 100% market share, we'd have a so- solid size company. But what's great is that the market share, like the market's going to double next year and double or the next over the next couple of years and then double again and then double again. And so that's very, very exciting because that allows us to just do a great job and execute well. But we know more customers are going to continue to flood in and you know have problems that we can potentially solve for them. And so yeah, back to raising capital. So coming up to the end of Y Combinator, there's something called Demo Day. And during Demo Day, you basically give a one-minute pitch uh, about your company. And there's this whole interface where accredited investors, and I think there's usually a couple thousand of them, can watch the pitch and hit the button that says they want to potentially invest. And that means they'll basically set up a meeting with the founding team. In this case, it would be with me. One of the dirty secrets that a friend of mine who'd gone through Y Combinator last year told me was ideally you shouldn't you should have all your money raised before demo day. Try to have your meetings in the couple of weeks before on the lead up to demo day. Close those if you can at all, and then demo day doesn't really have a ton of pressure on it. Luckily, and I think there's a couple of factors for this, um, we were able to close our entire round before demo day. So we're about ten days from demo day right now. We closed another round of funding just in the last week. And there's a couple of factors for why I think we were able to close so fast. I mean, first of all, just to mention, we had about 90 investor meetings booked and all except five were inbound. I was getting an email from an investor introducing themselves saying, hey, like, like what you guys are doing, would like to talk. This is very different to our pre-seed where I was doing a ton of outbound. The main reason being that we're in Y Combinator and there's a Y Combinator directory that shows all the companies in the current batch and people can look that up. And we're on that, of course. Why were we getting that? Because I talked to other Y Combinator founders and they, didn't go, they got a lot of inbound interest, but maybe not quite as much. I generally think it's just because there's not that many climate companies in the current batch. So there's, I believe there's six or seven out of a couple hundred companies, as I said, and there'd been a way higher percentage in previous batches. And so as more and more money goes towards climate tech, they're looking for you know, high quality startups that are solving problems in that space. And so I think we're just quite lucky to be right place, right time, and not honestly have a lot of competition in terms of climate companies solving big problems in the climate space. And so I think, and that was honestly a lot of the inbound emails we got referred to that directly. So I think if you are interested in getting to Y Combinator, I'm not saying it'll make it easier to get in, but if you are a climate company in Y Combinator, our recent experience would indicate that raising capital, as long as you you do all the other things right, might be slightly easier than other companies who are maybe not in the climate space. And so yeah, so we 
we raised both from a combination of existing investors increasing their investment, as well as a couple two new investors coming in. We actually closed around about three days after starting it, which is very exciting. And then we canceled most of those 90 meetings. We kept some of those meetings with like very, very high level or, or high tier VCs who might be interesting people to build relationships with for subsequent capital raises down the road. But the big thing for us now is to kind of get through a lot of the meetings that have been booked and get back to work. For us, get back to work again means getting new customers, making the customers we already have incredibly happy, you know, make, charging people money, make, generating revenue, uh, expanding the product to have a really, really great moat. And then between all that, also obviously making hires, building out the team. So yeah, so over the next 12 months, we hope to hit our Series A milestones. Talk to a few investors now about what they think of as Series A milestones. And that ranges from a million dollars in recurring revenue per year, all the way to no hard milestones, but things like we want to see a replicable sales motion. We want to see the average contract size increasing. Yeah, great team. Some people even uh, say that you should have good advisors. So we take a note of all those things, um, but we have our own internal idea of what we want to achieve that would make us ready from our perspective to be Series A investable. And our internal goals are probably much more ambitious than what an investor would want. And that's how we generally try to treat things. We want to be better than what the market says. So that gives us a really, really strong position when we do things like raise capital. So yes. Um, we're not going to hire 30 people or anything like a lot of startups do uh, who are well capitalized. Like we are, as I said, we're going to hire probably three more full-time people by the end of this calendar year, and then maybe another five or six on the lead up into our Series A. Most of those will be technical folks. Uh, we might have one marketing person. I'm going to do all the company sales until we're at least half a million dollars in annual revenue. It's very, very important, I think, for the founders to do most of the founder-led sales to do the founder-led sales until you get to a decent amount of revenue, because then you can basically develop a sales playbook and hand that off to you know, salespeople that you hire in. But you, I don't think you should do that too early, and that's generally the advice we've heard from both YC and elsewhere. And yeah, and in terms of the podcast, you know, we're going into September when there's a few different events happening. RE+, which is this very, very large renewable energy conference um, that we'll be at as part of, on behalf of PACES, so we'll be at that. I'm actually going to try to do a live interview while I'm there. We'll see how that goes. That'll be something a little bit different for the podcast. That's the third week of September. I'm actually also going to take a few weeks off. We've basically been on weekly podcasts for nearly two years outside of the occasional break around New Year's. But uh, with everything else that's going on in the startup, basically we're a little bit behind in terms of getting guests booked and so on. So we're going to take a bit of a break for a couple of weeks. And so probably the next podcast you'll hear will be that live one at RE+. And then after that, we'll get into a more regular cadence again um, with some amazing guests. So yeah, if you, uh, the, I guess my big ask is if you are somebody who is interested in working at a company like, like Paces, you are a software data engineer, or you know somebody, we would love to hear from you and uh, have a conversation and see if there might be a fit. And uh, yeah, have a great end of your summer and uh, looking forward to uh, speaking to you again in a few weeks. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or the Google Play Store. I cannot express how appreciated it is. And we'll be back next week with another episode.